Episode 76 of the Small Business Startup Essentials podcast, Corporate Engineer Turned Entrepreneur, The Non-Traditional Way. Here's an interview with Tia Robertson. Well, welcome to another episode of the Small Business Startup Essentials podcast, where we'll dive into just the important topics of making that transition into becoming an entrepreneur. And for some, it's that later in life decision that really takes courage to start a new path. Listen into these episodes to either help jumpstart your launch or just to get inspiration for your journey. And tell a friend about the podcast because we continue to grow each week with more new listeners. So welcome, friend. I hope that This podcast will provide enough value for you so that you'll hit follow or subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. So let's dive in. Really happy to have with us today Tia Robertson, owner of Small Business Specifics. Tia can be your online business manager. If you're a small business owner, I know how busy things can get and how overwhelmed you can feel sometimes. If you need time management solutions that can save you valuable time, money, stress, reach out to Tia and get a second set of very experienced hands without having to recruit, hire, train, or provide employee benefits. Some of the things Tia can help you with are social media management, blog management, procurement. She can literally be your online business manager and she has three different packages for you to choose from. One of them will fit your budget just right. Tia, thanks for being with us today and to talk a little bit about your business, how you got started, how you turned your dream of having your own business into a reality. Thank you for having me, Thomas. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So how long did you think about the concept of starting your own business? Um, Honestly, I really didn't have to think too long about it. Um, As I was raised and growing up, um, my father instilled in us um, the the benefits and I guess we'll leave it as benefits, um, the benefits of being an entrepreneur and considering entrepreneurship versus quote unquote traditional employment. Um, Now that doesn't mean that, you know, I didn't, (laughs) I still went to college, still had a traditional corporate job and went that route. And over time, people actually, friends and family saw skills in me that I didn't necessarily identify as entrepreneurial and reached out to me for my support. And it took me a minute, but eventually I realized, hey, this can be something that I can generate income from. So <laughs> it, it, I guess it, it, I can't really pinpoint a day, but you know, it kind of just happened organically. So you had, you already had that influence right? That, that entrepreneurship is a valid path, a valid option to take them. Exactly. Um, it, I didn't have the skills and the tools and the information to go along with it, but I at least had the seed planted. So that way, when it did develop within me, that desire um, and the option did develop within me that I knew it was a possibility for me. And then I just go out and research my, on my own. Well, that's great because it sounds like you you had the confidence uh, to start 
Uh, and you didn't even have to debate that part of it, right? You know, that's a great question, Thomas. So I did have confidence and confidence is important. However, I did have to debate because um, I, I am from a traditional family that encourages you to go to school, <laughs> go to school, get a job, live your life. Um, and they were, were not happy when I left, especially because my first jobs out of college were with Fortune 500 companies. Like they were actually one or two might've been actually Fortune 100 or 50 companies. Like they were pretty big companies. And so when I made the announcement that I wanted to leave them, um, and leave, you know, good benefits, regular pay. <laughs> um, so, so there was a little bit of debate because, you know, with entrepreneurship, there isn't necessarily a promise of steady income. So I did have to weigh those pros and cons, but confidence, like you said, is key um, in making those choices. So was it harder for them to accept your transition or was it harder for you to go through that transition? Them. It was it was very hard for them. Um, I would say the times where it was more difficult for me came further on. You know, I mean, further um, in the future once I actually became an entrepreneur and some of just those challenges. But it was definitely harder for them. Um, honestly, uh, without saying my age, um, I'm not a <laughs> spring chicken. It's still pretty hard for them <laughs> in some cases. I, well, I get it. I get it. And, and, you know, I was raised in, in a household where, you know, if you go to college, you might get a good job, you know? And so, so there, there wasn't even that, you know, you will go to college and you will get a good, it was like, if you go to college, you might get a good job. So I didn't have any of that uh, either. And, um, it, and it was sort of something that I had to figure out on my end and whatever they think, I don't care. <laughs> you know, this is what I want to do. This is what I know I should do. And so, yeah. so you know, it it can be hard uh, to to sort of uh, filter through those thoughts. Like it's hard enough for us to make those hard decisions, but now you've got to think about the people around you if you've got their support or if you're going to get an earful or things like that, it sort of makes it even harder, I guess. It does. It does take a lot of personal fortitude, <laughs> but right, um, right. once you kind of make those decisions and you know, that this, like you said, is your life and you'll deal with what comes. Um, the good thing is that we can kind of change how our future generations think about entrepreneurship and yes. yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, right. So how did you determine what, what market to be in or what business model to have? Excellent question. Um, again, it, initially, it initially, and I won't lie, I, I, I kind of ignored the just natural transition. And what I naturally, um, I'm process improvement. And I always kind of tell people, I went to school for engineering. And so I was quote unquote, trained to, to improve processes and standardize um, businesses. But there's still always something in you, like a natural skill set. And so, um, and, and usually that's kind of, you know, built upon what was, you know, like your, your God-given gift. And so um, initially I didn't pursue the things that came to me naturally. Initially I said, okay, if I'm going to take this leap and leave my job, I need to do something as an entrepreneur that's going to produce a good amount of income, being totally honest with you. And um, I came across a tool that said, hey, you know, we can help you do social media. 
and make all this money. And, you know, everything out there, of course, makes it seem super simple, but um, I've never been one just to kind of just jump. I, I always do research and look into different options and different tools. And so I said, okay, well, this sounds like a great opportunity. Let me look into some specific social media courses and training and programs and um, work and things of that nature. Anyway, so initially, that's what I, I did. Um, I worked in social media until I realized there's a lot to social media. There's management, there's marketing, there's, you know, there, there's just a lot. There's strategy, there's ads. <laughs> and so um, some things I just, I said, okay, some things are just not for me. Either I don't get them or I don't like doing them. And so at some point though, I had to kind of take a step back and I said, what are you doing? Are you doing this just to get clients? Are you doing this because, you know, to make yourself happy? Are you doing it for a check? Because the reality is whatever you do needs to make a positive difference in the lives of other people, but as well as myself. And I need to be happy at the work that I'm doing overall for the rest of my life. So I've made a few transitions. And so while I still offer some social media support and some strategy um, in some of my services, I realize that there is a need for, um, you know, organization, organizational support, process support, email support, things of that nature, and which a lot of those things I enjoy a lot more. And so my services did kind of pivot, um, if that makes sense, over time. Sure. So uh, I I saw uh, that you took a personality test, and I'm I'm a big fan of of personality tests. Uh, I recommend them to uh, you know others thinking about starting a business. How did the results of that test confirm uh, how you could use your strengths uh, in the in your own business? Yeah, actually, I've taken several personality tests um, over mm -hmm. the years. I, I love them. I mean, starting from I think back in in high school um, when we took them. Mm -hmm. um, Back in high school, I didn't appreciate them because I never said what I would want them to say. <laughs> but now, of course, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm more <laughs> in, in touch. Wrong. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm more in touch with <laughs> That didn't work. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, back then, the things that I wanted to do, of course, it, they never happened anyway. So I'm like, well, maybe the assessments really were right. Um, <laughs> because now that I take them, they seem pretty spot on um, in terms of, you know, how I deal with people, how I, you know, encourage people and help them with, you know, analyzing um, and putting, you know, better systems and tools and outwork outsourcing and things like that in place. Um, so yeah, so I love assessment. I've used them to help me even determine if I'm a good fit for clients that I'm working with. Because, mm, okay. yeah, because sometimes we always think like, you know, we need them for a job, right? To show that we're a good candidate. But sometimes, you know, you also want to know if the people you're working with are, are a good fit for you. Um, so yeah, so I love assessments. They're usually pretty, and not usually, almost always pretty spot on. I took one that says something about fashion that was kind of weird. But other than that, <laughs> the rest of it was pretty, um, was pretty spot on. I took, I took one in high school and it said I was going to be a farmer. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and I went into IT, you yeah. know, and I was like, what did I answer wrong on this test? Exactly. Um, so, so how did you, you know, how did you sort of use the, the personality profile to determine the flip side of who to work with? Yeah, definitely. So for example, if my personality profile said that um, I am 
an introvert, which I know it might not necessarily seem like I, I kind of come alive during, during interviews, but when I'm not, you know, um, I'm more introverted. So that let me know, like, you know, if I work with another introvert, then I may have to really kind of lead conversations and pull information from them. Whereas if I work okay. with the extrovert, sometimes I may have to kind of, you know, reel them in a little bit and, and help them focus on, getting giving me specific information that helps them so for example i worked with um with a realtor and realtors really have to have you know kind of dominant personalities um that's just mm -hmm. their industry and so and it was a wonderful person don't get me wrong no offense to any realtors um <laughs> but you know i had to really sit down with her and i said you know you're used to helping other people find things and helping them focus on what's important um so let me do that you know for you let me sit down with you and ask you specific questions to find out exactly where you're trying to go with your social media. Um, and, and in a lot of cases, I even had to kind of reel her back from doing her own social media because I'm like, it doesn't make sense to pay me if, if you're going to continue to do it. <laughs> so um, a lot of times with, with assessments, it, it helps me know the type of person that I am and how I should exactly like you, like you asked, how I should interact with you know, similar as well as opposing personalities. Very good, very good. That's great. So, um, so the virtual assistant realm is is where your business is at right now, correct? Correct. Sure. So, how did you decide uh, on uh, VA uh, specifically? How did you sort of narrow into VA? Yeah. So, um, like I said, as I mentioned, I started off as well, I would say I started off as social media, but that really isn't true. Um, it, I really, and I don't know if you remember, I kind of dropped hints about it at the beginning of our interview. Um, I really had people reach out to me, friends, family, associates, um, coworkers, and they would say things like, hey, Tia, um, I need a tool to help me write my business plan? Or can you help me write my business plan? Hey, Tia, I need you to help me plan this event. Um, hey, Tia, can you edit this document for me? And I didn't realize at the time, Thomas, that all of those things were virtual assistant tasks. I just thought that I was helping that colleague, that person out with whatever that they needed. And so I went on in my merry way with my life and my jobs and my social media or whatever I was doing at the time. And I would get more and more of these requests. And then eventually I realized by building um, a presence and doing research um, in places like Facebook groups, and I do a ton of you know Google research and things online, I, I found out that a VA was a thing, right? Like I didn't know it was a thing. And so the more I found out about it and took courses, I was like, oh, you know, I, I don't have to just do one aspect of helping people virtually. You know, there's on board online, you know, business managers and, you know, um, just, you know, support, you know, trainer, there, there's, there's all the options, you know, right. And so, um, yeah, so honestly, it just kind of was a natural transition of me saying, you know what, I've been doing all these things for these people all this year, I can actually make money from it under the VA umbrella. And then eventually I kind of honed on to certain things that were 
um, you know, more valuable depending on the entrepreneur. So right now, what I do is depending on the entrepreneur and their needs, I will operate as an online business manager if they need that. Or I have like one client that simply all I do is just keep her email account clean. So I really have honed my services and figured out the best way to, to help people. So it's just been a transition. Good. So for, you know, listeners that are thinking about getting started or, you know, maybe they're trying to decide for themselves, you know, what they would want to do. Um, what kind of obstacles did you have in the beginning, in the very beginning process of getting set up as a VA? Shiny object syndrome and, <laughs> and feeling like what's the, is it, um, not the imposter syndrome, but where you feel like there's like the one in a million syndrome. I don't know. I might be making that up, but um, <clears throat> those were the biggest ones. Um, there's so many tools out there, resources, schools, trainings. It, it can be overwhelming. So my suggestion is to figure out what uh, the person that wants to be a VA, what feels right to them. What, and I always, not to be cliche, you know, what, what's your passion or, you know, but what feels right to you? If it doesn't feel right to you and you're only looking into it because some celebrity mentioned it or you saw an ad on Facebook that said, you know, we can do a template for you or then then that's not the direction to go in. Figure out what you want to offer, what you're good at, what your skill set is, and then just move forward following that path because it is super easy to get distracted by all the options out there. The other right. thing... Like I said, is it, it feels like sometimes there's a lot of VAs out there, but honestly, as many VAs as it seems like there are, there are even more entrepreneurs. There are even more opportunities to help people in their businesses. So don't get discouraged by what, what it seems because none of those people um, are you or, you know, not you, Thomas, but the person <laughs> that wants to be the VA, right? Everyone, everyone runs their own race and has their own unique perspective. And so those were yes. things that, that did kind of hinder me at first. Um, it didn't stop me though. And, and I always tell people, you know, it's okay to, to get distracted and it's okay to feel, you know, like, oh my God, I need a coach or I don't know what to do, but just don't stay stuck at that place. Just keep moving forward. And even if you're not really sure what your passion is or what your thing is, if you keep moving forward, eventually you'll be able to identify it because you can always pivot. Right. Right. It sounds like it's more of, it was, it was more of a mindset uh, perspective that you were had to work through Absolutely. not not really like you know people around you or or you know obstacles in your way it was more of a, of a you know of, of a mindset uh, which which is which is something that i'm always talking about is is you know our, our biggest obstacle is ourselves exactly. right and and um, <laughs> our, our biggest fans are strangers and our biggest mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, critics are the people that are closest to that's us. That's absolutely sometimes. true. I mean, <laughs> the fans are the ones that support right. you. And they're also the ones that sometimes see the things in you that you don't see because, you know, they're outside. Right. Right. So, right. Definitely. Right. Yeah, sure. So how do you sort of manage office hours as uh, a VA? Because I, I know how it, it can be. You're from the moment you wake up, 
to the moment you go to bed, you're thinking about your business, right? And so how do you sort of manage uh, office hours when you have other people, other clients that have different office hours, right? Some are during, during the day, some are want you to work to, at night. How do you sort of rein that in to get control of, of the business that way? That's an excellent question. You definitely have to rein it in because like you said, you work with people sometimes in different countries, different time zones. Oh. Um, and not just that, but if you, if you kind of, you know, like they say, if you give a person an inch, they take a mile. Um, it's definitely the case because they're finally getting some relief in their business. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> and so, um, a lot of a lot of times you do have to kind of really put those and I, I call them boundaries and that may sound strict but that's really what they are so um because if not you will find yourself working almost 24 hours a day sun ups and down um working for you know someone else in their business or they'll send you last minute requests via text and kind of break some of your rules but to answer your question <laughs> the best way is just really to just define what you want your business to look like and put it in documentation. Um, when I contract um, or when, you know, a service with a client or a client contracts me, however you want to put it, um, I send out a service agreement and every, that agreement includes everything from this is how you contact me. Here's my email. Here's my phone number. I, I live in the United States and I celebrate you know, United States holidays, because sometimes, you know, especially Canada, you know, <laughs> they're up north and we don't really, you know, we, we don't really always think there's a separation, but, you know, when you, the first time somebody contacts you on like, on 4th of July and you're like, dude, it's 4th of July. They're like, not here. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah. So yeah. So to answer, so not to, to babble, but to kind of answer your question. Um, yeah. You know, put, everything in writing. These are my office hours. I work, you know, nine to three for people who have children and need to pick them up, things like that. You know, um, definitely put calendar links into place that define the hours that you're available and provide that. But yeah, it's super simple. If you set the expectation up front, people will respect your boundaries a lot more. The other thing is be very careful about those exceptions, right? Because even though we set those expectations up front and we I send that, that paperwork out and everyone signs it and everyone's happy, as soon as your client has an emergency and you have demonstrated to them that you all are available, are available you know, by text or by phone or if they see your emails coming in at the last minute they, at night, they think, oh, well, she did give me this document, but I know she's awake. So consider, you know, using tools like email schedulers. So although you may be working at night on your client's, you know, email campaign, um, you don't send it out at 11 o'clock at night and it looks like you're really working. You schedule it to go out, you know, within your hours. So using, you know, tips and, and software and resources, um, setting expectation definitely will help you um, keep office hours. Good. Great, great tips. So who's your ideal client? Excellent question. Um, honestly, my ideal client is someone that knows what their business goals are, right? And I know that sounds really mm. weird, but um, when I've worked with clients that just are like, I need someone 
but they don't know exactly how um, to work with a VA or they don't know exactly, you know, what they need to accomplish, what their ultimate goal is, it can be super frustrating, not just for the VA, but also for the client. So um, a lot of times, I'll kind of say, you know, it's really easy for us to have the conversations around budget, right? But we need to also start having those conversations around what is your goal? Is it a long-term goal? Is it a short-term goal? Do you just want to launch a course? Or are you thinking that once I help you with this course, you'll also need me to help you with the emails and the inquiries that come in? Um, so actually, my ideal client is someone, <laughs> I feel like I've kind of got off tangent, but um, yeah, so my ideal client is someone that knows specifically I need your help with X. This is my budget. Um, you know, my ideal client understands just to kind of say the purpose of me working with a VA is so I can reclaim my time in my business and pursue the tasks that make me money. And I will let you do the rest. Um, I know that kind of oh. sounds pretty simple, <laughs> but it is not. Um, but that that is my ideal client. The one that understands that it is okay to let go. I understand it's your baby. Trust me. I know, you know, trust is built over time. But as long as that client is, is willing to let us build that relationship together, then they are, you know, the one that that's ideal for me. Right. And it sounds like the best people to work with have their own sense of direction mm -hmm. and they can direct you in, in a path that they've already laid out for you. Right. Exactly. Like, like you said, they know where they're going to go and where they want to go. They know the, what the goal is for them, right? Exactly. So, okay, Tia, Tia I'm going to do this and you're going to do that. And then we're going to, we're going to meet at some point, you know, uh, uh, you know, every day or once a week. And, and we'll, we'll talk about the plan and where we're going. And eventually we're going to reach the goal, right? Exactly. It's sort of, that's sort of directed, yep, right? Exactly. That's exactly the direction. In the same way, we don't want a client that, or entrepreneur that doesn't have a plan. We also don't want one that's a micromanager. What you described is exactly the ideal. Someone that's willing to compromise, um, you know, and, and, and move forward. Definitely. Great stuff, Tia. One last question, if if I could. So, you know, we all have things that we like to do and, and don't like to do. Uh, how do you set the boundaries for what a VA uh, won't do? Uh, per, you know, you, like what you don't like to do? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the reality is there are some VAs that just won't accept, um, you know, certain types of work. Um, that while there are certain tasks that I don't like to do if they are within my my wheelhouse and I know that I do them well, I just don't like to just because, you know, I don't know, for whatever reason, I don't like to. Sometimes I will still take that work on because I know I can do it and I know that I can help someone still. Um, I may just choose to limit how many hours. So for example, I may tell a client, I can do this task for you, but I'm, I'm only available to do it five hours a month. You know, that, that's kind of my way of, of working around it. If there is something like a, a task that I just absolutely will not do, like I really, between me and you and all the people listening, um, <laughs> I really <laughs> don't like making sales calls and, 
you know, things of that nature. I don't, I don't like that. So there is a certain point where if that's the only thing the client wants me to do um, is just, you know, be their sales team because, you know, they, they for whatever reason, either don't have one or don't want one, um, then I will usually either decline that or I do um, have relationships with other VA. So sometimes I work as like a third party kind of advocate <laughs> um, that I can give them a trusted VA that I know will do a great job, but I am not the one that's doing it. So it kind of depends on the situation. If it's a drop dead task I don't want, I'll, I'll kind of farm it out or decline it. Um, but if it's something that I can, you know, kind of grin and bear through it and do a great job that I might minimize the amount of time that I do it, but I, I won't accept it like a full time um, operator. Or, or project. Okay, great. Good. So Tia, how can people contact you? Yes, definitely. I am available for anyone to ask any questions. You know, I'm, I'm a open book. <laughs> um, I, you know, I always kind of say, you know, each one teach one. So definitely anyone that's interested, has any questions, would like to work with me, they are welcome to email me at info at TAA business solutions. Um, I also have a small business specifics at Gmail account that people can reach me as well. And I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook business page. It's small business specifics. So of course that's facebook.com backslash small business specifics. And they can definitely reach me there um, by messenger. Well, thanks for taking uh, a little bit of time out of your day to help uh, the listeners uh, get a glimpse of the VA business and and yourself and how they can get a hold of you. And just really appreciate your time uh, to do this today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you extending the offer. Well, that's our episode for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, please let me know what you think of, of the episode and your thoughts on the topic. You can click on the link at the end of the show notes to, to rate the episode and keep the conversation going. But once again, I have free resources for you that can help you with your small business startup. You can go to tomclaremont.com resources. If you need help with small business startup or if you've already launched but could still use a little guidance, let's talk. Shoot me an email, tom at tomclaremont.com, or you can book a free 30-minute coaching session directly from the website. But folks, as always, stay encouraged, follow your dream, and don't give up.